I'll have come home from work or some event and then maybe I want to go do something else or, hey, do you want to plan for our next trip or, you know, we should talk about this. And he might kind of say, uh, you know, I'm not, maybe not now or let's talk about it later. Um, and again, not because he's putting it off, but because he wants time to think. And that's something that as a three, I'm going, wait, what? So we've had the power couple before, and wow, mm -hmm. what an amazing podcast that was. Mm -hmm. Now, we have the brilliant couple. I almost want to sing, remember that song, Love is in the Air? I do. Don't you feel like with this couple here today? Watch we, it. I might sing it for you. <laughs> we want you to sing it. Come on. Hello, Israel. Welcome back to the Any of Us. I tried, folks. I tried to get <laughs> Stephanie to sing for us. She has an amazing voice. Um, for those of you who've been writing in and saying, can you get Stephanie out of her shell? I tried. Oh, but yeah. I think it's a pretty thin shell there. <laughs> I'm kidding. We have so many gifts in the room this morning. Talk about singers. Uh, Miss uh, Mrs. Hannah Dedman Arnst is with us here and her amazing husband, Ryan Arnst. And uh, we are just really excited to have you too. And I don't think brilliant is too high of a word, too much of a acclaim. We've both had you in class. Uh, you are alumnus and we are just thrilled to have you back. What I love about our guests today, both Ryan and Hannah, is that I've had them in journalism. So I think these are the first guests we've had where we have this mutual love for information, for news, for, you know, informing people. For speech, for relationship, for communication and culture. Yes. <laughs> and the cool thing, too, is that we knew them when they were dating. I know. I knew them before they were dating when I don't think, I don't think that. Ryan even knew Hannah or had a new rhyme, but then, then the whole beacon thing started to happen, right? That's right. It's <laughs> yeah. all about the beacon. The beacon brings people together. That's what we would always say. And the beacon, by the way, is the campus newspaper of Palm Beach Atlantic University, which I happen to be a faculty advisor, full yeah. disclosure. <laughs> Hannah, Ryan, welcome to the Any of Us. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. the time. Uh, we're going to get to know a little bit more about you through the Enneagram. Uh, you are a three and Ryan, you are a five. So we look forward to hearing how the three and the five helped to, first of all, bring this relationship together. And then now that you've been married for almost three years, how it's helped you in your journey. But why don't you, you know, just kind of yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what do you, you know, what's your passion? You want to start with uh, with Hannah? Great. Yeah. Um, so I am a public relations and communications professional obviously based here in South Florida. Um, I work for the Cultural Council for Palm Beach County, and I do public relations and social media for them. So it's a really, really cool place to work. Um, you know, they kind of have this umbrella view over all of the arts and culture going on in Palm Beach County and supporting local artists and creative professionals as well as arts organizations. So it's a great cause if you know me, which you do, <laughs> you know that I care uh, about making a difference and um, being part of that change. So I love it. Um, very, very thankful. And then when I'm not doing that, I am singing at church um, about every weekend or playing piano. Um, I'm a musician and then I'm also a dancer in a professional contemporary dance company. Yeah. So can we say we have some three energy in the house? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Threes channel their energy in, um, in getting things done. 
in in keeping on task until it's done, until the goal is reached. There's that kind of um, abundance of energies, energy that threes can count on, and it's clear that you have it. Is that how you kind of knew you were a three, or um, what what led you to believing that you are the three ego ego type? Yeah, I think that one of the ways that I realized that I was a three was through that sort of hope and goal of achieving Um, and not necessarily achieving for the sake of achieving, but because I wanted to make a difference. And, um, you know, we might go in a little bit to wings. I have a wing four or I believe I have a wing four and, uh, you know, being able to kind of make a difference in a unique way is something that I really want to do and strive to do because it can, anybody could be a CEO or, you know, some sort of PR professional, but how am I going to leave a mark and leave it better than I found it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that you brought up wings. We'll get into that more later. And there's much more to talk about with you, Hannah, as well. But let's throw the ball to Ryan here, who, Ryan, we're so impressed to have you because you're the first five on the show. Okay. So you get that notoriety. You're the first five on the show. And fives have a, a completely different kind of energy. which I'm sure you guys know you're married, you you love each other, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you know you're a five? Yeah. Um, well I can't PR myself like Hannah can, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I can, I can relate to her on other levels. And I think we also share a wing in that we're both wing four. Um, the really interesting thing about me is that I think that people typecast me as a four because I am a graphic designer, photographer, videographer, if you do something creative, you kind of get labeled as a four That's pretty right. often. Yeah. Um, but I think in my self-discovery of learning about the Enneagram past few years, um, I would see myself as a five. And I think that has a lot to do with the energy like you talked about. Um, it talks, you know, I think that's that's probably the biggest um, thing that made me realize that I'm a five is, is the energy thing, actually. Like a scarcity of energy. Yeah, and, and not putting energy into things that don't make sense or don't matter. You know what I mean? So um, things I would get frustrated with my at my job are things that are not seemingly not important, you know, um, or not making a real difference, right? And it's like I don't even want to put energy into that because it's just a waste of this limited amount of energy I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like a sloth, you know, but, no. but um, I just really want to be critical and um, – you know, smart about where and when I use my time. Yeah, sure. And let me say this. When you were here at Palm Beach Atlantic University and you were part of the Beacon staff, lot you can trace back to how successful we are today. The the equipment, the website, everything we we do um, that is sort of this, this strive for excellence, it can be traced back to you. Because I remember Thank when you. you were on staff, you really pushed this sort of, get rid of mediocrity. Um, and you know, you've been gone now for a couple of years and yet that legacy continues. And so I remember you more really glad to hear that. for, yeah. for, for that type of, of personality, right? Where I think you didn't think you would be a good manager and yet it turned out you were, and then the after effects are still long lasting. Do you, do you see that in you that, you know, two three, four years later, what you set out to do, which is this idea of excellence, it, it continues to reverberate. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really encouraged to hear that. Actually, that's it totally 
my goal, you know, my senior year here kind of leaving on the end of college. Uh, I really just wanted to set the beacon up for success. Um, and by doing that, just changing the website platform, all that stuff. Um, and I'm really glad to hear that that's still going on. I, I do check in on you guys sometimes and, mm-hmm. and see what's going on too. And, uh, I like what I'm saying. So I really, I, you're going to say oh, something. No, I was just going to say, I agree. It's very cool to see, um, where everything has gone over the last, you know, five years or so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're pleased with it too. Um, we always miss you guys though, but that's our job. Get them ready to go out and fly, <laughs> you know, and then they fly. It's just wonderful when you stay, uh, you, sometimes you stay in West Palm and we love it. Um, to your point, Ryan, um, about your need to, um, to really get all of the information, this is very much, or and use that information to make a difference, to make a change. This is very much core five. And I think a lot of people who listen to Enneagram podcasts, read Enneagram books, and are really interested in the whole growth track don't always understand five. Why? Because there's, there's very few fives who are being interviewed. I think right. one of the reasons is, is that energy. Um, five's core supposedly five's core weakness is avarice and scarcity but that's not that's not greedy for money necessarily or or avarice about about money and funds it's about energy mostly like i only have so much energy i have to make sure that i use it and point it in the right direction because then it's going to be done and i have to use it in a way that is um is productive is productive and I think Hannah could test on a little cheap though too. So (laughs) sometimes they say five is like the stingy kind of, um, but why don't you tell us a little bit um, more Hannah about uh, what you see in your husband and yourself in terms of the way you relate to each other as, as uh, your average space in an average day of three average day of five. Sure. And I think, you know, to Ryan's point, um, he's just very thoughtful about where, something needs to go, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, energy or um, planning for the future. I think he's just very analytical on that end. And that is a wonderful thing. Um, And it's good for somebody like me who, you know, tends to relate a little bit more to the feelings. Um, and, And by the way, you know, not to get off of this too much, but we always talk about the right and the left brain and what that means. And now we know science tells us that, you know, we use both parts equally. But as far as personality, you know, we tend to lean into one or the other. I remember taking, you know, one of those assessments and getting almost a near split and going, well, now what? What does that mean? Um, so, again, kind of for me, leaning into those feelings and this is how my emotion is going through, it's really great to have somebody like Ryan to kind of say, well, what are you thinking? Or here's what my thoughts are around this situation. So a day-to-day for us, I mean, my days can be so crazy from going from work to a rehearsal to another rehearsal or going to sing at church. And Ryan might have a day where he's going to work and then coming back home he's kind of taking care of the house or he has another project that he's working on. I really admire that he has this sort of sense of balance. That's something that I am really working on because I don't have that. And, um, you know, Steph, you and I were talking about this the other day, having this three energy where you can really do a lot of different things. And for some of us doing them all really well, 
is something that the general public looks at and goes, wow, you're amazing. How do you do that? Tell me. I, I need I need your advice. Help me. Um, threes tend to be looked up to. You know, they're an inspiration. But I always think, you know, in an average or unhealthy space, threes can tend to be this sort of do too much, workaholism, um, you know, put aside getting enough sleep, put aside getting enough rest or, you know, family time. And that's not a good place to be. And I'm thankful and I'm, I'm not in that space anymore. Obviously, it's still a little bit of a challenge. And Ryan could tell you that. Um, I still probably am doing too much. But I love everything that I'm doing. And, you know, in this sort of journey of the Enneagram and leaning into even the four, weighing right. a little bit more, going, how can I be more authentic? How can I choose, you know, Maybe it's stepping back from something for a season or maybe it's being okay with saying no so that I can, you know, continue to do well and not overwhelm people or myself. That's exactly what the gift of the Enneagram is. It's self-awareness. It's coming to the awareness that, gee, I do this. Do I do this? Oh, I do this. (laughs) You know, and so for someone in the heart triad like yourself, um, the three is always running towards something, is always running towards whatever the goal is and pushing towards that goal. And the three generally thinks, well, uh, you know, that's my job to, to excel and to succeed, to win, to press on. But they don't always realize that they're not just really always running to something, they're running from something. And what are the threes running from? The same thing that all of the numbers in the heart triad are running from, running from shame. I am not enough. I have to prove myself. I need to win or succeed or achieve to get love and attention. I need people to admire me. But the issue there, if we really start to unpack it is, is do we really want to die knowing that we were admired? We want to love. We want love. Everybody wants love. It needs love. And so the three gets skewed by looking for that admiration and that uh, approval. And and that's really just a secondary thing. That's not really what they want, but it's covering Mm -hmm. what they want, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's really, that's really some good insight of you, um, uh, Hannah. Very, it's really, that's the way to use the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Many people don't. Yeah. And, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, I called you all the brilliant couple, but we get that terminology from the Enneagram Institute and the way they uh, would describe you two as a three and as a five is that you are sharp, successful, deeply competent, well-respected. Um, do you find yourselves, especially, you know, among the Gen Z, among the young people here in Palm Beach County that, you know, people see you that way as well. They perceive you that way. And then how do you feel when you hear that as, as a couple? Is that a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on you? I think, um, you know, I've, for the past three years, I've worked at a church called Community of Hope. I got the job right out of college, basically. Um, and I've been, you know, very happy to work there. Um, but they have, you know, consistently told me that, you know, I don't act my age. I act much older than, you know, I am. And I'm, what, almost 25 right now. So um, I never understood that, though, because it uh, it's not my... I've never been an employer, you know, so I haven't hired younger people. Um, and it always made me feel a little uncomfortable, you know. It made me feel like, why is this stigma on these younger generations? Is it really there? 
or is it just a stigma? You know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to contribute to the, uh, I wanted to contribute to breaking that, you know, thought process. That stereotype. That, yeah, that stereotype. So, you know, I mean, that's part of it, but I think it's just part of who I am. I have a good work ethic and I got that from my parents. Um, and Hannah has an insane work ethic, work ethic too. So, um, and I remember when you were here and I used to joke with you. So I apologize now (laughs) looking back, I don't know if it was good or bad, but I would say, man, you know, you're, you're marrying someone who's amazing. I mean, you graduated, you were senior of the year. Uh, you were editor in chief of the beacon. I mean, talk about achiever. You were achiever. But I used to tell you in, in jest, I'm like, man, you're marrying above your pay grade. And, and you would just take it into stride that never bothered you. And, and looking back, I probably shouldn't have been joking like that with you, but the fact is you are married to a very brilliant yeah. and successful woman. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I think you. that um, the five part of me doesn't care about rank, you know, um, it, it tends to just push those things away and not really care. Like actually I can get frustrated sometimes when people try and give me awards or praise, you know? Um, so I don't, that's why that never really bothered me at all. I just kind of found it funny to do, you know, yeah. and, that's, and they're not the only person I've heard it from. So. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, and and yeah. the fact that you have a four wing, um, would just underscore that even more because, um, uh, in the heart triad, at least the, the competitive, uh, ego type is the really competitive ego type is the, th- is the three. Right. And so if you already have that kind of ego core five, type and then also have a four it's not a very competitive it's like what the five is generally more concerned with is if they know if they thoroughly know something and have mastered it if there's a problem that's come their way um, something you're troubleshooting at work um, a paper you're writing for a professor um, <laughs> he's laughing I'm just chasing you <laughs> but um you you know you are happy the five is happy and satisfied when they've thoroughly mastered it and feel like there's they've got as, as much as they need to really really know this thing thoroughly the prop and that's so great i mean having people on your team like that um knowing that you can go to someone who's really going to be looking thoroughly at this but then there's another side of that right that side of it is you work so hard sometimes planning as a five that all that energy is gone and then the opportunity is missed because you haven't been able to implement it. Does that ever happen to you? Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I get driven to inaction by overthinking quite a bit, you know, and that was another clear indicator that I feel like I am, I am definitely a five. Um, yeah, that, that has been, that has showed up in some ways, you know, and I, and I've never dropped any major projects at work, especially, you know, I take that very seriously, but, um, you know, there's been things that, or just fall off, you know, because you just overthink it mm-hmm. and it never happens and I don't follow through, you know, um, follow through, it, especially in, you know, working on building my freelance com- career now more um, is one of my challenges, you know, um, not because I don't care to follow through. Um, it's just not as easy for me mm-hmm. as it comes you know, to someone like Anna for, you know. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, you, you have a really, you have a really good point. Um, with with that but I think you know where we see that in our relationship specifically is you know I'll have come home from work or some event and then maybe I want to go do something else or hey do you want to plan for our next trip or you know we should talk about this and he might kind of say 
uh, you know, I'm not, maybe not now, or let's talk about it later. Um, and again, not because he's putting it off, but because he wants time to think. And that's something that as a three, I'm going, wait, what? Look, we need to decide something. Let's just make a decision. We want to make the right decision. Yes. But, but so that's where some of that, um, those differences come in where, where he's saying, I just need a little bit of time and I'm going, we don't have time. (laughs) Let's, let's go. Get her done. Get her done. Let's check, you know. Well, that's so. where your emotional energy gets fulfilled by by checking things off the list, by really pouring it in. Hey, let's talk about wings. Do you want to talk about wings a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, come on. What what with, other with way, way to go into the four? Hosting <laughs> the podcast. Of course, you want to talk about <laughs> I their I'd get four away wings. With that. I thought I'd get away with that. Now, like, how do your four wings? First of all, how do you know that you have four wings? I would say they're very visible. To, to me but uh, how do you how did you know you have four wings and how do you le- use that wing to maybe like in your communication style because communication styles are very different right yeah. so why not, who wants to start I can start Hannah uh, I know that I have a four wing because I've always been a very creative person and have always been this kind of person that needed to be different um And I think it's interesting to kind of look back to on childhood because typically for threes, they come from a family that says you need to achieve, you need to do well. And if you don't, then, well, we're not going to accept you. Mm. And that is the furthest from my family. My family was very encouraging, very um, warm and, and, you know, okay with whatever I was choosing to do. They supported me in my dance. If I had said, hey, I don't want to dance. I want to do basketball, which I didn't. Well, you come from (laughs) a musical family, right? I do. I do. And so they were very encouraging in that. But of course, yes, that was their background. Um, But so kind of back into that four, this sort of need to be unique and need to make a difference in my own way is something that I kind of really grew into in high school, like junior high and high school. And then that's kind of continued through. Um, I also, when I'm kind of away from professional work, tend to be more in my head space and in my heart space of, let me just write a song or can I just play the piano because I just want to play it. Not Mm. because somebody needs to hear me, but because I just want to, or I want to sing Um, or create movement. So that's something that doesn't come out maybe in the day-to-day as much around my colleagues or around even some of my friends, but the people who know me the most, obviously Ryan, um, good friends, you know, they see that and they see that sort of need to create and need to be unique. I like to look at the wings these days as, um, you know, as the three, your your ego type is the kind of house where you live. Mm-hmm. 
right? But you've got some neighbors. Yeah. Right? You've got a, a, a four neighbor and a two neighbor. Right. Right? And you can go visit those neighbors. You can say, hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar anytime you want? You can go hang out with them for dinner or lunch or hang out for the day, but you don't live there. Right. Right? Now, there's a difference, and I want to get to Ryan, too, about, about this, this wing, too, but there's a difference between visiting your neighbors, the two and the four, and kind of going up the mountain to growth, mm-hmm. to the fruitful orchard where you're going to just pick some apples and pears and yeah. you're going to enjoy a feast and, and enjoy the, the aroma and the fragrance of the... And there's a difference when you decide to walk down the hill past your house to the outhouse. That's right. Okay. Uh, so there's the, there's the integration mm-hmm. and there's the disintegration. There's that path toward growth and health and that path toward stress. So I want to I want to talk about that too because I'm. Yeah. Um, but before we really deeply get into that, why don't you weigh in, Rye, about the four your four wing and 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 how you know that you have that wing and how you might communicate with how might you might use it to sure. in your help of your communication with Hannah. Yeah. Um. Obviously. So I touched on this a little bit earlier, but sometimes like you know, not sometimes, all the time, Hannah and I's energy doesn't mix, right? It's almost on like two different wavelengths. Um, But having those four wings together, I think that we really come together on like great, great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like great terms. I don't know. Like we can really meet each other there. Um, That really manifests itself in traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the most for us when we're just like loving art and nature and just being out in a way I think that that really comes together in a great way for us um so yeah and and the way I knew that I was probably before wing had to do with my wanting to be different <laughs> um just see set not set aside like on a pedestal but not conform to um any kind of any kind of what people thought I was going to be, you mm-hmm. know, um, I don't like being put in a, don't put me in a corner, you know, mm-hmm. don't put baby in a corner. Don't put me <laughs> there um, either. And did you know that was uh, his least favorite line in that movie? I didn't know that. Yeah, He hated get, delivering that line. Well, it was a good yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh man, that's dirty dancing, by the way. Yes. We had uh, yes, I, I'm, a, I'm a child from the '80s, so uh, I just don't want to date myself. You know, we had uh, another couple, good friends of yours, Ken and Megan uh, Barami. Barami, right? I want to say right. I think it's Barami. Barami, um, and I asked him <laughs> I this know. question. I can't remember now. <laughs> um, because they also love to travel yeah. a lot, uh, and I'm curious during your travels if you can describe where tensions did arise because of those differences and then how did it work out you want to talk about our honeymoon hannah sure yeah, yeah. certain things certain things that's right i'm um, getting the popcorn right now, now. Yeah, there uh, go. tell Sit me back. i'll tell get the butter <laughs> we went to ireland for our honeymoon and um yeah i mean we just loved that we love ireland um that was a great place um i think the the traveling like the the actual like road and navigation stuff i think that was probably where yeah. it was. What, <laughs> that you, was it. what would you say about that, Hannah? <laughs> not only were we driving on the other side of the road, which yeah. we are not used to, obviously, <laughs> but um, being able to say, you know, we did drive all around Ireland. So, so we had freedom, which we love. And, you know, there were times that I said, well, maybe we should get off at this place and and he would say well maybe we should just keep going or you know it'd be really late at night and it'd be so or dark or vice versa too 
Sure. Happen. Of course. Yeah. Or we'd be driving late at night and, you know, there are these country roads that are literally overgrown with just beautiful greenery and it's gorgeous, but it's also terrifying when you're in a tiny little car and there's a truck whipping one, around the corner. It's one lane, yep. two ways. Yeah. So those moments of, you know, are you paying attention? And of course, you know, every couple, whatever their number can do these things. But, um, you know, some other things like we're here, we should see as much as we can while we're here was something that I went towards. Whereas Ryan might've said, you know, why don't we stay here for another few hours instead of moving on? And so I look at it like we got to see this museum. We got to go do this. We got to do that. We need to, you know, and, and so he's kind of taking a step back Mm -hmm. and you know what? We look back on that and it was one of the best trips we've ever taken and we love it. And to Ryan's point, you know, being in nature, being surrounded by culture and just spending real time with each other, kind of away from what people are saying, like, oh, they're that brilliant couple. They they achieve and they um, like a lot of people say, you're the most adventurous couple that I know or you're the most creative couple that I know. You guys are amazing. And, you know, we're thankful for that. But you know, it's nice to just kind of step back and not worry about what people are saying, even if it's good, you know, to just kind yeah. of be. Sure. Out away from the public eye, yeah. kind of away from that presenting self. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. Well, I think it's really cool, just the idea, and I guess this is my foreness coming in, I guess, start to imagine things and create scenarios and castles <laughs> and whatnot. And I'm thinking, oh, these guys married, they can always, if they get in conflict, they can always say, a wink, come on, let's go visit our four neighbor, you know. <laughs> That's right. Let's go right. across the street and visit four, <laughs> you know, and that. stand there and let that be our ground to yeah. really, really receive and understand one another more. Because you two, I mean, the three and the five really, really are different. Just the way you were describing the honeymoon, you had goals. Yeah. You, you were like, we're here. We have to take advantage of being here. We have to see this, this, and let's, yeah. let's tick these things off. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to say, I went here and I did this. Yep. And, you know, you want to stay for a while, really soak it in. That's yeah. the observer. It's more about That's the, the investigator. aesthetic experience of it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's a weird way to say it. I think also, and I don't know if Hannah can attest to this in her own way, but for four, for being a four, a four wing, that usually manifests itself in me in nostalgia. Um, so I get, like, deep waves of, like, nostalgia. And it's not, like, a depressing thing. It's just, like... I'm missing something and sometimes it's something I'm missing that I've never even experienced, you know? So that's a weird thing to experience. And, you know, I have some nostalgia for honeymoon too right now. So yeah, (laughs) that's so good. So if one of the troubling spots for a three and a five would be not being able to speak directly, right. About either your feelings or your misgivings, how in the last two and a half years have you been able to see sort of that improvement? The the longer you're together, right, the better the communication mm-hmm. uh, sort of shows up. <laughs> well, oh, and after being married for 20 years and uh, you've been and married for 37, right, we, we can both attest to that. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But how have you seen it uh, that you are able to overcome those troubling spots? Yeah, I think it comes in into this way of understanding Um, And that's a great thing about the Enneagram is it's not just a tool for self-awareness, but for awareness of your best friend, of your spouse, of the people you work with, 
And I think in even learning more about Ryan, because of course the learning never stops and you continue to change as people and grow into healthier spaces or whatever the season is, but really being able to understand why he might want to take a minute to think about something or be nostalgic, which is great. I get that way as well. Uh, but, but being that sort of way is okay. And that we don't have to do a hundred things in a day and that's okay. Or we don't have to have all of the answers right now. And I think part of that is pressure from our society. You know, we do live in sort of this three country. Oh, sure. Right. Achieve and do and succeed no matter what. And, you know, forget about the other guy or forget about that. You know, it's all about you and it's all about what you're doing. Um, whatever that success quote unquote looks like, but, you know, being able to kind of take a step back and say, Hey, we need to cultivate our relationship and relationships with others and really just take the time to think and reflect. That's a good thing. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're not achieving. I mean, that's kind of one of the hardest things, for, at least for a three, is to say, I'm going to sit here for an hour and just reflect or think and kind of plan my next move or plan what we're going to have for dinner, whatever that is. So yeah. it's it's an interesting journey as far as our communication goes. Um, but I think we've definitely learned a lot, especially over the last, oh, year year and a half or so i mean we definitely learn a lot i think the challenging part is just daily life um we know each about each other um but sometimes we don't even think about each other and and that doesn't don't mean you mean consider one another right we don't we don't even have time to do that when we're getting in arguments or whatever it's like i don't step back and say oh wait hannah's feeling this way because she's feeling this need as a three you know and hannah's not doing that for me too and it's just because we're going so fast sometimes that it's like don't even have time to think about that Mm -hmm. you know on the on the back end might realize oh that was why you know i Mm -hmm. i realize that Mm -hmm. stuff all the time you know Mm -hmm. i was like hannah was right um (laughs) (laughs) don't you love to hear yeah i do Well, I, when we were first married, I remember um, going through those communicational changes and adjustments. Um, and uh, we used to think about, I used to think about it like this, like, I need to read between the lines. What is he saying between the lines? What's going on here? Now, I did not have any grand vocabulary, but I remember thinking about that. And uh, and it really helped to think, okay, he's barking at me for this reason or that reason, and I didn't do anything wrong. What's going on here? Right. But with the Enneagram, I, I just think it must be so much more helpful um, as a tool because you you can like, how do they put it? Um, the Enneagram is gives us language to talk about differences without judgment. Yeah. The Enneagram is language to talk about our differences without judgment and to then look at the other and, 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 and think before we speak. When I was looking and preparing for our time together today, I was really looking, you know, drilling down into the three, drilling down into the five, you know, and one of the things that I came across was, um, this idea that there is a way, and I, obviously I believe it, um, that 
threes can communicate with fives that make it um, much more easy and more harmonious. And one of the things that was said was to create a rapport where we approach, the three will approach the five slowly and thoughtfully and not pressure that one, that, that five, to make a decision quickly or to do it now. Uh, do you find that, that that is something that works for you too? Is that something that resonates? Yeah, I would say so. And and I think for me personally, I'm becoming more comfortable with that, saying, you know, we don't have to have these answers now. And, and again, kind of our society might say, well, you need to, you know, by age 30, you better have done this and this. And by age 40, you know, if you're not at a director level, whatever it is, you know, professional or you know, buying a house, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I've really learned like, it's okay. I mean, it's our lives, right? It's us, our relationship, our relationship with God, our relationships with others. And that is what matters. We don't have to be worried about what other people are doing or whether three or five is wrong. Cause we know there's no such thing as a wrong number. They're all just different. You know, Helen Palmer says about three and fives that this type of relationship uh, really profits from sitting down and negotiating the differences. Uh, Have you seen being able to do that, especially since you both are communicators, you were both in the communication program. How has that helped you to to be able to enjoy the relationship based on mutual agreeable um, commitments and negotiations? Like, Ryan, do you find yourself, um, uh, the inner voice in your head, like you telling yourself, I need to stretch here and not, she needs to do this now. I need to, like, not uh, spend three days working out the logistics here in my head. I have to trust her. Like, do you find yourself ever having to stretch that way? Yeah. Um, so I I can say things without thinking sometimes. Um, and I can, to Anna's disapproval of that. Um, and so things like that, you know, I'm trying my best to put those in the back of my head. Um, things like um, Hannah asked me to text our small group and uh, I didn't do it on time. Um, the timing seemed fine to me, but it wasn't to her because she, she asked me to do it, you know, and asked me to do it now. And she said to me afterwards, you know, on the other end of that, when we were like, okay, well, we didn't do this right. She said, if you couldn't do it, all you had to do was bounce it back to me and I can do it. And I knew that, but I overthought it. I overthought about it and I just waited and it, and it just became this thing of an inaction, action. And I eventually texted him. It was fine. You know, nothing bad happened, but it's just one of those small examples of, okay, I am a three. Like I need to know that she can do this. If I can't, you know, this is a shortcoming of mine. Obviously. I mean, like like I mentioned earlier, I need to get even better about um, doing this because I'm starting a freelance and, uh, well, my whole job situation, we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, but um, 
you know, it's, it's definitely something I'm trying to lean into more on my own, but at the same time, I need to lean into more, Hannah more, you know, uh, she has a lot going on, so that's not always the easiest thing, but she has the capability to do a lot of that stuff that I can't, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a, a big positive of being married to a three. It's such a healthy approach to, to, to marriage, really seeing the other's gifts and affirming the other's gifts. And also I think probably for a three, just correct me if, if I'm wrong for you, because the three, each number is an archetype. It's like, there's no two threes that are exactly alike. Mm -hmm. There's some things that resonate more than others and some things that just don't resonate, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's very easy to, as a three to push past and run past and walk over uh, other numbers, Mm -hmm. especially those who take longer, the fives and the nines to, to, to really take longer, to think things out, um, to deliberate uh, and don't have that kind of uh, high end. I'm just thinking of audio, that high end of energy, you know, where it's like, you're always kind of tweaked. You're always kind of almost, almost on red, almost tilting, you know, (laughs) it's so easy. And so I'm sure there's a lot that you're doing too, to, yeah, I, I would agree as Ryan was kind of saying that what, what came to my mind was on the other end, you know, I crave the time to be able to think something through for longer than 15 minutes. And I'm not saying I think everything through in two seconds and then I make a decision. It has to be calculated. It has to be critical. Pro-con lists have to be made. I do make pro-con lists and I love those (laughs) lists. They're very helpful to me. But yes, to be able to really kind of step back and say, okay, in this decision, you know, to really consider those options um, and not just consider them from what looks the most successful or what is the most successful, but really as a what is best for us, what is best for this cause, what is best for the common good, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so I love being at work and being able to really dive into a project because as a person who loves to check things off and and move quickly and get things done well, um, sometimes I have to force myself to kind of step back and say, okay, if I know that my deadline is two weeks away, maybe I can work on it now and really Think through how this might look. And I lean into Ryan for those kinds of things. Um, And not just professionally, but hey, what do you really think about this? And um, creatively, or, you know, I want your opinion. I want to hear from you. And I really want to dig in to what your thoughts are about a movie Mm -hmm. or about, you know, a topic. Listen to her going to six. I mean, <laughs> did you hear her going right from three to that essence of six saying like for the common good and really pulling this all together, that faithfulness, that common good, that is so six soul child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember when she used to, um, because she, she got the brunt of my journalism professionalism right off the bat. Because when I taught her, <laughs> Love it. I was working at a TV station <laughs> yes. here in town, right? So I was hardcore, old school journalism, right? Yeah. And so, you know, Hannah would say, you know, but but you got to right the wrong and you've got to, you know, believe in this and believe in that. And I said, Hannah, that's being an activist. That's not being a journalist. You know, a journalist right. is calling balls and strikes. <laughs> and, you know, you, you can't take sides, right? You can't care if the Yankees win or the Mets win. And I would see her struggling because this was coming towards the end of her journalism education. And I could see in you 
that you were really struggling with this idea of can you really be a journalist, meaning separate yourself from society and just be be the voice of information right. versus be the voice of transformation. That's right. And and I would see you struggling with that in class. And you ended up going into public relations and your first job was working uh, for a good environmental cause. Yeah. But I could see that early on yeah. that yeah. she wanted to, you wanted yeah. to go for the cause. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That sort of solution-based, um, you know, work, which... By the way, I feel that fives really have that. It's sort of that analytical, let's let's make this better and and let's think about why we're doing these things to to your point about, you know, the equipment even at Palm Beach Atlantic or any sort of setup. I mean, Ryan has been able to really kind of transform that. And um I think that's what what it comes down to is being a part of something that when you leave you left it better than you found it, whatever that is, whatever you're doing and being a part of a cause and, and not just being part of it, but really transforming, you know, to your point. So it is interesting. I do remember going, Oh, I love to write. And I love to, I love that sort of not drama, but, but the, the stuff that's going on and and telling people being informed, being informed, people need to know what's going on. But then, what are they going to do with that information? And yeah. not just, oh, did you hear this happened? You know, but, oh, did you hear this happened? Now what? Mm-hmm. Right. And you used to be more than now what? Yeah. Um, can we talk briefly about your skills as a singer, uh, if you're okay with this? And then I want to yeah. talk about the video <laughs> yes. that is on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you did a oh, cover yeah. song yeah. for yeah. Uh, So Will I, which That's is right. a song originally sung by Hillsong out of Australia. But you, tell me the role you played in this music video uh, that's on YouTube. <laughs> uh, this has a funny story behind it, actually. Um, so we went up to Chicago for, was this Christmas break, Hannah? Or was this some, oh, we, yeah. went, we went up to Chicago. Um, and I didn't know that I would be filming this music video um, before we got there. So I didn't have the right equipment. And um, that was frustrating to me. <laughs> um, we shot it though, and and it went well. Um, but yeah, uh, her brothers, you know, are very talented musicians um, as well, and they just all jammed out, and I filmed it, and uh, we made a video. It's right. a music video. Yeah, uh, it's if you if you go on YouTube, you will see if you it's this is a cover song by So Will I by the Deadmans, right? Yes. So this is your your family. You okay with me playing a little bit of this? Yeah, play a little bit of yeah, it, but yeah. please put the link in the show notes. Okay? We will. We will put a link on it. Uh, but it is it is pretty uh, it's pretty amazing. Let's take a listen.
that is an amazing voice. I mean, you, you know, it's a great cover. Thank um, you. And I have to say, it's a wonderful song. Most churches know Hillsong singing this song. It's been yeah. it's been covered by many people. Were you scared to attempt to cover such an amazing song, and then for you to say, I'm, I want my voice to be like the voices I hear uh, there in church? Yeah, uh, it's interesting coming back into that because, you know, as a truly as a performer since I was like five, you know, performing is not the scary part, but being able to do the song justice, but more importantly, um, lead authentically was something that I was definitely a little bit scared to do. Um, but it is an amazing song, and I think it's it's also a very intelligent song. Oh, yeah. Which I think is something that is needed in yep. today's church world, um, particularly in America. And it's deeply emotional. Yes. Oh, you feel it coming no down her you, voice. You feel it. I mean, you, you've, number one, the, the words are amazing, right? Yeah. If, if, if God is so amazing of the universe, how you know what, what can I do to be able to come to his throne? Right. So number one, it's a deep-thinking song. But number two... You know, just from an artistic perspective, right, there are some lows and some highs mm-hmm. that you have to hit. Yeah. And so for a singer to be, to say, I want to tackle this song, it speaks a lot about you. Thank you. As yeah. an artist. Yeah. And again, can I say, you you go to six in that, because the, the soul child, the essence of the three is the six that is courageous mm. and brave and faithful and, you know, willing to step up and take a risk. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's where that's Thank where you. three goes in health. Yeah, and then for you, you shot this. I know you're a videographer. You won awards uh, here in Florida as a college student for your work in photography. So I know you're very talented, and I love that you said initially, "I didn't have the right equipment. I didn't know this was going to happen." But uh, it's shot in the field. I think it's a cornfield. It's it's got this the sort of by Hannah's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got this. The, you know, the band is out there in the open field. Very creative. Mm-hmm. What was it like to use your talents uh, as a as a five with your wife uh, using the talents as a three? I'm, I'm curious, sort of like behind the scenes, behind the music, what was going yeah, on? The dynamics there. Yeah, um, well, we've always wanted to make something together. Um, the time not not often comes for that um i've always wanted to take photos and take videos of hannah so that's something i really love to do um this video in particular um austin had a pretty big or had a pretty good idea of what he wanted to do and he wanted to do one long shot that was wide and just kind of slowly going in um you'll see the video that doesn't happen because i didn't have the right equipment for it one um and two um it would just that's not really i mean really big budget music videos can afford to do multiple takes to get that right (laughs) um but we couldn't so i was just like the realist and the five in me was like no austin like we're gonna need to do different shots here so we're gonna do like three takes i'll get some different angles each time we'll cut it together and that's Mm -hmm. what happened um forget it's a good video Uh, once you, you once you all posted it on facebook you could just see the views and the, and the comments. Yeah. And, you know, just from uh, being a, you know, from an outsider, watching you both use your talents, I hope you do more of this. Yeah. Because if you were able to do this with no thought, right, just <laughs> instantaneously, very little equipment, I can only imagine what you all could do with 
the, the stuff, the right stuff, right at yeah. the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking ahead, yeah. the details. That's right. That's, That's right. for energy. You know what? We're winding down. We're running out of time here. I'm so sad. But um, it has really, really been good to be with you. We didn't even get a chance to talk about you. You have an Enneagram group at your house, don't you? We do. We lead a, a small group uh, and we meet bi-weekly and we've decided to go into the Enneagram. So remind me... Ryan, the name. The Road Back to You is the name of the book. And the that's study uh, Ian Kronz and Susan Stabile's book, yep. which that's the book that I used when you introduced me to the Enneagram stuff. So, it's and a good book. It's a good book. It's great. You know, uh, Ian now does his own podcast. Right. Susan Stabile does her own podcast, but certainly they yeah. would be called the grandfathers. Yeah. Well, Richard Rohr would still be the grandfather right. <laughs> yeah. of the Enneagram. Certainly they are pillars yeah. in the community. And there are, there are many other really credible Enneagram teachers, you know, the, the Riso and Hudson, the Helen Palmer, um, et cetera. But that book I love. It's just really accessible. So are you doing it? Did you just kind of think this up and say, like, let's do this? Or are you doing it through your church? What are you doing? So, again, I you know, this in particular was something that my brothers and I said, let's do this. We've been covering songs and, and making music together forever. Oh, no, I think she's talking about the study. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> I got okay. right back into the, goodness, this is the three in me hopping around. Um, no, we, we decided to do this study because, we decided to do this study because I think we saw the need in our group. You know, we have a young adult group. Um, either married or not, but no kids. So very young, you know, you got your whole life ahead of you and kind of looking into how we can kind of relate to each other better in our relationships with others and our relationships with our family. Um, but really to know thyself and know what that looks like. And hey, the Enneagram is not always all fluffy, right? It's, it. I mean, far from it, but it's not always the oh, here's all the cool things about your number. There's also a lot of stuff that is kind of icky to dig up, no matter what your number is. And so, you know, I remember reading the three going, oh, really? Is this really who I am? I don't like this. I, I want to be a different number. Can I change my number? <laughs> um, and then, you know, hearing our friends say, well, I don't like that about the one. I don't like that about the eight. I hate this. I'm not a fan. But Again, it's that need to dig and really see what is getting to why you're motivated to do what you're doing, um, how you relate to others, mm -hmm. what that looks like in your day-to-day. Mm -hmm. -day. And I think it's just so important, especially in this day and age of go, 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 mm -hmm. technology at your fingertips, distractions like social media. Mm -hmm. So to be able to step back and really self-evaluate through reflection and prayer mm -hmm. and discussion is really valuable. Yeah, the language that I use for that, and that's so well said, Hannah, but I, I think about it as like really excavating the land. Yeah. The land, like before really any solid foundation and relationships can be built in our life that are healthy relationships, we've got to dig. We've got to dig that place for the foundation. And underneath the earth, it's, it's dirt. Yeah. Right. It's moldy. It's, you know, who knows what's down bones are down there. There's things we don't want to look at, but unless we go there 
and were brave enough to go there. And that's why I love the fact that you're doing a group because you're kind of going shoulder to shoulder. You know, it, it helps each, it helps us. It helps us. And so, yeah, no, the, the Enneagram's not this like, oh, fun, fun, fun. It's, it's hard. It reveals the shadows and the dark side of us. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a type of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy, which forces you to go through the difficult feelings. You know, don't get away from the difficult feelings. Um, and it's certainly a type of therapy along the lines of cognitive behavioral therapy but if you look at the enneagram it's exactly that it's it's you have to go through both the unhealthy aspects of your number and the healthy aspects and that is where you really uh, thrive you know what and you know what is real like the other thing that's really cool about the Enneagram, like you're so right on about that. But the other thing that's really cool is like the spiritual language is so right too. Like if you think about search my heart, oh God, see if there be any wicked way in me. Search my heart and know me, the psalmist says. You know, if you take that seriously and you pray that prayer, something's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to start looking inside and, and taking stock and seeing things that you didn't want to see that beforehand you had your eyes covered or blindfold. Yeah, and when we have young couples uh, here on the Enneagram, we always leave the show by looking forward to when you have children. And I'm excited, by the way, when you have children because a five and a three having children they get a four. Ooh, four. They get a four. It's for the four. Love it. For the four. <laughs> so that would be awesome. We're happy with our dog right now. I'll just say, <laughs> is your dog a four? That's uh, what I our dog is everything. He's the whole world. I love oh, him. That's right. I love it. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Ryan. We love to see your relationship, and thank you so much for being guests. These two are amazing. They really are. I'm so glad you've said yes and you've come to spend this time with us. We're really, really thankful. Thank you for having us. All right. Love you guys. And thank you so much for listening to the Any of Us, Stephanie Bennett. Yeah, Israel Baldiaris. What can I say? You're the best, buddy. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I'm you just are. your sidekick. Oh, I'm stop, listening to stop, you. Stop, stop, stop. You're going to put that video in the show notes, right? I am going to put the video so you can catch it uh, on YouTube. Uh, but if you want to search for it, so will I, covered by the dead men. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, please leave us a comment wherever you listen to this podcast, either on Podbeam, Apple, iTunes. We are now on Spotify. Please subscribe please. to our podcast uh, and then tell your friends about it. That's right. right. I know you're going to tell your friends. Tell all my friends. All right. Thank you so much <laughs> for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Enneabuzz. Bye now. Bye.